want the fullness, Lord. Oh. We are done with events and programs and playing church, church, and just going on a Sunday because that's what people do. We come here to meet you. We come here to celebrate you. We come here to be stirred up in the faith. We come here to release you and your presence and your love to one another. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are wonderful, Lord. You are wonderful. Wow. Oh, skillet voel ek jammer vir en ek bedoel het nie met enige vorm van hoogmoed nie gewoon oor my hart want my hart is rarig oomlik hartseer en jammer vir vir ouwens wat vir oogend um, can you just turn my uh, just my tops just down a bit channel 2 that should be better. They are not too much. My heart is fucking jammer for churches that Rainy can kijk get over there. For churches that has everything planned out to the minute and to the second. And so many songs this long then comes this, then comes the preaching, then comes that. If we had done this this morning, we would have missed out on everything that the Lord wanted to do. And we are committed to not follow any kind of has-been-done-before kind of thing. In as much as we possibly can. We're We're not there yet. Um, but we're moving in the right direction, I believe. Yes, sir. And, um, yes, sir. and I like it. But it's not a cinema style right here, what they call this. I just feel a bit overwhelmed. Uh, we had a late night meeting this week on Tuesday uh, with a few people that we have identified as um, community leaders. Uh, one of the words that Kevin received this morning when he woke up, he, the Lord gives him like an Afrikaans word and he has no clue what it means. So he then goes to someone and says, well, what betekent natuurlijk? And then we sort of know it's something from the Lord. So this morning he got this message, he, or the word, he woke up and he heard, natuurlijk. And I told him that it's a key phrase with us at the moment, but actually it goes a bit deeper, organic. We, as much as possible, want to do everything here organically. That means that whatever happens, whatever comes, whatever comes out of a natural growth, it comes out of what the Lord is doing and where He is putting us and what He is moving. And it's sort of, 
keeps life for Lillian and I very, very, very busy because we're playing catch-up with God all the time. Um, so you meet, there's a need for this and we say, okay, well, we've got to steward this right. So we try and meet people and we put them in place. So this whole week, every single afternoon, we've been seeing people, seeing people until late at night. Um, but we are so fulfilled and we are so happy that the Lord is doing something that is, that is moving and, and he, He's putting things in place. And one of the things that, hap- that is happening, and, and this is an organic thing. From the, from the beginning, I said, we, we, we will not have small groups or communities or cell groups or anything like that just because a church has it. Because that's what churches do. Because some churches use it as a growth strategy um, to get as many as possible people in and then the church is full and we don't want to go that route. I don't know if the guys have been with us like for a while. We have no growth strategy. From the very first day, I think we never ever advertised anywhere, anything, whatsoever. Look at our Facebook, there's no advertisement on Facebook. Iemand die gift het met Facebook kan jylle my kom praat. Maar we're not big on that. Because from the beginning, the Lord is growing and building the church and the body. And even this specific part of his bigger, his bigger body. And we are right now at the place where organically we need, this is what this body needs right now more than anything else, is community groups that function well. Up until now, we've sort of been one community group um, gathering at our place and we've been trying to, you know, just being faithful with that. But we are at the place right now, the Lord is bringing and doing more than we can do in one group. So we need to break open um, and plant out new community groups. And the idea is that through the community groups, everything that happens in church will happen. Everything that sort of, if there's a need anywhere, or there's that, that, that we will as a community look after each other. So my message is about that this morning, so that we can grasp this thing. And I asked the Lord, please show me someone in the Bible that is well known, but that didn't get this, that didn't get community. Because the Bible is full of stories of a lot of failures. And then when you go and look, you will probably find that one of the reasons that they don't succeed in their call is that they go rogue as lone rangers and it's impossible to accomplish and achieve and come to the place where God wants you to be if you are going it alone it's not possible so I want to scan quickly and this is not even the preach I don't want to get to that and I'm going to rarig probeer Ek het gister vier, vijf keer vir Lillian gesê, this thing is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So ek het hier a scroll. But maybe I won't go through the whole scroll, I just need us to get the message, to get the point. So there was a young man born in the days of the judges. And ons allemaal ken hom van kleins af, hy is ons hero. Sy naam is Simpson. Samson. He was strong. He 
in, 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 in especially little children's eyes, he's a hero, he, yeah. <laughs> no, I said they, <laughs> Angelo Stanko. I swear it's like, it's Angelo. And uh, he was actually not so a hero. If you look at his life, he went at it alone. And he had many failures because of that. So I want to scan through his life quickly. And we see that, that an angel came to his mom and dad and told him that there will be this boy who will be a judge of Israel. And they put him under the Nazarene um, vow. He was not allowed to cut his hair. He was not allowed to use alcohol. He was not allowed to touch anything that's dead. He was a lot of rules and regulations so that he will be pure and clean so that when the time comes and the Spirit of God wants to come upon him to do his work, that there will be no hindrance. That is the idea and of the Nazarene vow. Is that you are pure and clean so that the Holy Spirit will be at home in you to do his work. And luckily today we don't need a Nazarene vow because we've got Jesus Christ who has made us pure and clean and washed us with his blood so that we are free for the Holy Spirit to come and move in us and live in us and do his work in us and through us. Anyway, so he had to grow up like that. And then he, obviously, I think from Klein Sof, but I only make his very school, says, man, kijk what I can do. I can just, jy kan nie die klip optel nie, maar kijk, ek tel hierdie boom op. Type van goed. He was strong. That was his gift. He had strength. But he was physically strong. But character, or character, right? Not character, God. So it came time for him to, to start noticing women. And with all that muscle and strength, he also very quickly discovered his weakness. And he came, and one day he saw a Philistine girl that he liked. And he went to his dad and said, Dad, I want to marry that woman. And his dad gave him advice. Do not marry that uncircumcised woman from the uncircumcised nation. But then he says, Lord, ach, not Lord, Dad, she is well pleasing to my eyes. I want her. She's right in my eyes. And if you look through Judges, that is a, that's a theme that goes through Judges that is spoken about Israel all the time. And that is why they needed direction. That is why they needed their Judges to come in and to set them straight. It is said in many beginning of chapters that in those days the people of the Lord or Israel did not follow their Lord. They only did what seemed right in their own eyes. So this was this young man as well. He only did what was right or seemed right in his own eyes. So they organized the marriage and the marriage feast and, and all that kind of things. And um, he, he didn't have real friends, I believe. It talks about seven companions that came to the wedding. They're sort of his best men and, and all that. And he was... Oh, I need to tell you this first. Before that, he goes... And he walks with his parents in the field and a lion comes. We all know the story. And he kills the lion and whoopee, says Samson is stark. And then a few weeks later, 
he walks and he sees the carcass of the lion and in the carcass the bees made nice honey and he took the honey and he ate of it and he went and he gave his parents of it and then the bible says but he did not tell his parents where he received the honey and we just read over that but it actually shows a character flaw it shows that he was not willing to share his sin with those close to him he was not willing to tell them that i have a weakness i've done something wrong because he was not supposed to touch the carcass because he's under the nazarene vow so if he were to go to his parents and say i got this nice honey lacquer it through lacquer but i touched something dead he was probably scared that they would say okay well now you lose your your right to be God's servant. He was not willing to share his weakness with those around him. But he was very willing to share his strength. Because now at the wedding feast he goes and he makes a riddle for his, for his companions. To tell them actually to say, I can't tell you this but I want to tell you that I killed a lion. And the riddle goes something like, I didn't write it down. Um, go and find the riddle in Judges. <laughs> I don't want to, but it comes down to, the answer is that he, he killed a lion. That he was strong enough to kill a lion. So he wanted to tell people, hey man, I'm strong enough to do this. But his friends, and I'm saying weren't really his friends, because they knew his weakness was ladies. So they went to his fiance and said, would you please manipulate Samson into telling you his secret? And she went to him and she cried and she, oh, please tell me, dude, don't you love me? If you really love me, you tell me the secret. And so he told her the secret and she goes and she tells her companions. And uh, he gets so angry. No, not yet. He gets so angry with her because she, she, uh, broke the trust or whatever he wants to call it, that he says, I'm not going to marry you anymore. He breaks off the engagement. Because he felt betrayed. In verneder. Nee, wat verneder? Humiliated. See, it's all about his ego. All about his... And that's the thing about lone rangers. Check your ego. <laughs> Check why you don't want to be in communion. And I'll speak more about that later. But then later, obviously, he like really likes this girl. He tries to go back to her. And her father says, no, sorry, I already gave it to your best man. He gets very, very angry. And he goes and he takes 300 foxes, tie their tails together, puts a torch or a fuckle um, between the torches, and he sends them into the fields and the Philistines, everything about the Philistines is burnt down and all that. And they rise up. Uh, against him and then he he um, he takes the ox's bone and he destroys 300 or 3,000 men but before that he actually went out the, the bet he made with his best men was that if you get this riddle right I will give each of you a piece of garment a change of clothes I'll give you new garments 
So he actually went out because they got the bet right and he killed 30 Philistines. And he went and he gave the clothes to his mates. See where that led to. <laughs> and then we know that he met Delilah. Like the big story. And that eventually leads to his fall. And in between this, God is still gracious and God still used him. God still did what he gifted him to do. Because God is faithful to his own word and to his own plans. And I think one of the most dangerous things that you can learn as a Christian is that the gifts of God are irrevocable. And many people ride on that. Because it's all about the gift. It's all about me. It's all about what kind of gift I am. And it's not about Christ-likeness at all. It's not about at all pleasing God and, and using the gift for the, for the will of God. And because of that, the whole picture and the whole story of grace has completely been ripped out of proportion. So people think, I can do what I want, I can live the way I want, I can, I, I can just go on my own tangent and God will still use me. And then we come in today's age where we find many evangelists and many rogue people, people who account to no one, the stories start coming out of the things that they have done in secret. Because no thing will be kept secret. Everything will come to light. But they could have present, prevented that if they surrounded themselves with the right people and with community. And that is why it's important for us to be in community. So I ask myself the question, what would have happened to Samson if he was not a lone ranger? How would things have turned out differently and how much more could he have done for God if he had surrounded himself with people who he is willing to be weak in front of? Friends who he could say, would you please, man, I go to feel and I go. Would you please help me deal with this? I know I'm not supposed to marry her, but, you know, help me. Keep me accountable. If his parents represented elders, what would, have been, what would have been like for him to go to an elder and say, man, I'm struggling with this and this and this. I need help with this. I can't do this on my own. Will you keep me accountable, please? I think th things for Samson would have worked out much, much, much different. You and I cannot function in the body of Christ. Just think about this, it's just logical. Can my fingers do this without my arm and my shoulder and my neck, everything that leads to it? cannot. It cannot function apart from all the other parts. The message and everything needs to go through to my fingers. And the same is if, if I go and I touch Wetu's hair and I feel like how nice it feels on my hand. The message needs to go through from my hand to my arm, through my neck. However this, these, the wirings work, 
It cannot function. Jammer dat ek nie gevat het. It cannot function without the other. And so I believe the body of Christ is actually very much dysfunctional and paralyzed because there are so many parts that's just not taking part. That's just not there. Every single one. So Samson needed guidance. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Who do you go to when you need guidance? Who do you go to? Right now I'm talking like, answer the question in your head. Who do you go to when you feel like you don't have an answer for this or for that? Or when things are a bit difficult? There are many reasons why people don't want to join communities. I need to sort of just bring this in. But I believe they are the two main polars of why people don't join community is shame and pride. See, Samson was ashamed to tell his parents that he had taken the honey from the carcass. But he was also too proud to tell them. Because that will lessen, like, they will, they will think, oh, I'm not that, that holy anymore. Cheers, my bro. Huh? I come here. I come here, okay. Bless him. Thank you, Lord. Shame. Many people do not join with other people because of shame, because of feelings of, of or wanting to hide away either past or present sin or things that they are not doing. They do not want to come into the light. I see this. I see this with, with people that come and visit us and they, they really say they love the Lord and, and everything, but we know also that they are living in sin. They're doing things that is habitually sinful. Guess what? They don't come to church. They don't want to be in a community. Because there the things will be shone. The light will be shone on them. Eh? Jesus said in, in John 2, oh, 3, 20, 21, says, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light. So that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. We must know that if you belong to a community, the idea is part of the reason we go to community and we belong to a community. I don't even want to say go to a community because let me get this straight that community is not something that happens once a week. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday night. Community is a lifestyle. 
Community is waking up in the morning and saying to your wife, let's have the vet over for dinner tonight. Call the vet, hey man, I don't know what you make, but what you make, bring it to us. Come and eat some. We're going I'm joking. Community is when something rises up that, that you struggle with. Was the wet geringer? Yes, I just don't get Ja, man, I'm not going to die. He bells me now every day. Yes, I get my ass off. He says, Jacob, where are you? He says, I work. He says, I have no help. I say, okay, what is it? What can I do? He says, I'm here by ShopRite. And he's three hours and he wants me to take my nose. He wants me to take my nose. He says, Ryan is on the path. You have to come. Ek aarzel, aarzel, so ek sê, ok, ek sal maar kom, hy sê, nee, nee, ek joke net, maar Jezus, ek verlig. Ek is hier feis ou nie, maar ek sal gaan bid. Ek sal gaan demone uitreid. Maar moet nie vir my vraag my auto's laat my feis sê. But that's community, in real life. To know that you've got people that have your back all the time. People that can help you grow. People that can help you move. Community is giving people freezer rights in your home. So you have any good that I've seen in the communities. And at, after church, a lot of people just say, okay, come, my house. People go and they come, what's in your fridge? All eat the cars, all eat the bread, all eat whatever. No one prepared, no one nothing. It's just like life. It's beautiful. And what you get out of that is just so much more than... So people are ashamed of that. Some people are ashamed of their homes. No, it's not even my community, only just a claim. I can't even scroll good. Fast your scroll good, sit your supply. If you're serious about your growth, you will not fear the light. See, the reason for the light is so that things can be exposed. It is just, if you want to expose a hurt, you have to do an operation. You have got to have a serious light that goes in there. There's a serious light that, that needs to shine there so that you can come and cut away the exact place where that hurt is. That's community. Not for your hurt, but for your growth. So that you can better word and stärker word. Nee, Ephesians 4, 12 to 14, ons, dit is ons, 4.12 stand for Ephesians 4.12, dit is waar jullie vandaan kom. And the rede is, the rede for the gifts, the rede for community, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by human cunning, by craftiness, and defeated at deceitful schemes. Het is binnen community waar hier die goed een realiteit wordt. Ga je terug. Until we attain to the full unity of faith. Nee? To mature man to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Jy gaan nie soos Jesus woord op jou eie op jou bank dier YouTube en TVN te kyk nie. Jy gaan nie. You will get a lot of knowledge. You will get a lot of information. You might get revelation. But you can only become what you practice. Ek kan 50.000 miljoen golfvideos kyk, ek sal nie goeie golf raak. I need to get out there and play and make mistakes and have people alongside me looking at what I'm doing, training me and showing me better ways. That's community. Hoor jylle my? Verstaan jylle wat ek vroeger sê? Many people don't want to go because they've been hurt in the past. When they have exposed themselves, when they have given themselves. Yes, as al ding is wat ek van swak hoek nou die afgelope twee jaar geleer het, is a lot of people are hurt by church. A lot. Many, many, many people. And truly, ek wens, ek kon vir elke liewe in, namens al die ander Jammer sê. But I don't think there's any relationship in any of our lives we have where we have not gotten hurt yet. We get disappointed, we get disillusioned. There's not one area, there's not one relationship that is part of relationship. And once again it's part of growing. As part of my studies, I'm, st- I'm at the moment I'm studying conflict and reconciliation. It's like a subject, you know that. We only think that you're fuck me doing of conflict. But the main thing that they're trying to teach us is that every conflict is an opportunity to glorify God. Every time that you get hurt, it's an opportunity to glorify God. It's an opportunity to be like Jesus. Because even though they beat him and falsely accused him and put him naked on the cross, he says, I did not hold this against you. He did not retaliate, says Second Peter. That's love. If you want to increase love in your life, do community. If you want to learn how to love people, be with people. Practice it. Practice love. I mentioned that the other thing, the other side of the pendulum is pride. Now, Simpson was by trots. Nee. I had the gift, power, strength. He did not humble himself. And we all know what the word says about humility and pride. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Enabling power. He gives grace 
to the humble. I wrote here, pride will isolate you. And when you are isolated, you're a sitting duck. This what? When you're isolated, you're a sitting duck. Ne? In Petrus 5, say in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Submit yourselves. Ephesians 5, say, in reverence for Christ, submit to one another. Ek is nie beter as jy nie. Jy is nie beter as ek nie. I will submit myself to you. I will submit. You can speak into my life. And that is a baie belangrik element van community. Is to have a group of people that can speak into your life. We have this with the elders of the other churches. Every single time we come together. We come to the point where we ask, what do you see in our church that does not glorify God? What do you see in our church that is not healthy? That does not represent true church? And we spend a lot of time together as families. And then we ask, what do you see in my family that does not glorify God? We submit to one another. It's so important. Andrew is the founder of 412. He has people in his life that he submits to that is alongside him. Russell speaks regularly into his life. No one is there and the other is there. We are all, we all have weakness. Every single one of us. We have weakness and we need to be humble enough to show our weakness. Because if you know my weakness, you can help me in my weakness. I have a friend who I really love. He's really struggling. I call him regularly. Say, what's going on in your life? I can see that he's hurting. I can see that he's struggling. And his answer is the same every single time. Nah, I'm all right. Say, but what's to talk to me? Nah, it's fine. Shame and pride. Don't fall into that. Ecclesiastes, this is one of my favorite verses that, that I use for marriage as well. For a specific, you'll, you'll see the line. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. Two are better than one. So our idea with community is, Ons was gister Twee manne wat die stoele kom uitpak het. The idea with community is that the whole community takes charge of a Sunday. Takes charge of setting up, takes, takes charge of preparing the coffee, takes charge of, of everything that needs to happen. So if there are five communities, you like every five weeks. In the beginning will be three communities. But that a community in the, the giftings in the communities, the gifting, so that so that there will be a greater reward for the toil. 
Think about how much more you can accomplish and do and how much quicker you can do things. If in communities things get done. It is in communities that we want to look after the orphans and the widows. It's in communities that we want to get involved in projects and all those things. It's in communities that we want to look after one another. Because if they fall, says verse 10, one will lift up his fellow. Who wants that? Who wants someone to help him up when he falls? And not just like, you bad person, get out of church and all that kind of stuff. Who would rather have someone come alongside you? I can see that you're struggling. I can see that it's not going well with you. I can see that you're headed for something that you don't want to head to. Let me help you. Let me help you right. Who, who will open up themselves to such a friend? Nay. Lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. When he falls, he has no um, he has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. The young getrouders are by from But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. So come the my rebellion that day. I can only tell story for tell. Do you my rebellion for fight? A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And the middle van dit is Christus. The one that binds us together. Absolutely. I frack. And we've been saying this now from the start. This is where we're going. From the very start. We've been saying this. But we are now at the point where we can no longer talk about it. We have to start experiencing it. And there might be many things that's not right, many things that many mistakes, many whatever. But literally, unless we start doing this, we will not reap the benefit. We will not see it. So let's just start doing it. If you don't think that you want to be part of the community, I'm asking you to just set aside, sacrifice. One season. Mark it six weeks. Six weeks. Commit to not neglecting community. For six weeks, be intentional about having other people in your life. Other believers in church. In whatever way the Lord leads you. I can only pray for the practice of I just want to mention a few benefits, other benefits of community. Community is the best place for you to grow. You cannot grow outside of it. I've already mentioned this. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a person sharpens a person or his friend. Scherp maak, as eister kom voel, so is ek nie baie lekker gewees het nie. 
Och, maar is allemaal lekker als ik zo die eerste nee en jij doet geen moeite niet. Nee. Maak jij bijl scherp, zodat so je kan accomplish wat Lord wants you to do. Hebrews 10:24 says, and let us consider how to stir up one another. Niet ourselves niet. Nie, daar werk in my kamerkie sit en bid en bijholstede doen en alle goed is nie. Dit is ook belangrijk, because that is where your engine gets revved up. But then we need to go and stir up one another. Let us go and stir up one another to love and good works. Nie al die ander goed doen. Nee, influencers. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The day of the Lord. Och, die Heere kom, and when He comes, He's looking for a strong church. He's looking for a pure church. He's looking for a community that is strong and alive. It's in community that you are restored and healed from past sin and mistakes. Yes, een van die mooiste goed wat ons beleef het met 412. It was the weekend that we decided to actually become a 412 partner when we just started talking about um, planting church and we were actually visiting a 412 church in Swellendam and right that, that weekend, it was about this time of year, um, the elders or was it, was it September? Okay, sorry. The elders had a, a camp. Uh, so the, the elders are the, the church leaders. We, we don't call ourselves pastors or all those kind of stuff, bishop or whatever. We, we just elders, you know. Um, so the elders had a camp. And in worship, the Lord spoke to one specific guy about his sin. He was caught, not caught, he was convicted of his pornography habit. And the Lord said to him, today you will break this thing. And the way he broke it is he went to the front. And in front of all his fellow elders, all the church leaders, he said, I need to repent right now. And he took his wife with him. That I have a problem with this. And because of that, four others came forward to do the same thing. Say, I also have a problem, I also have a problem. And 412 is very, very serious about church discipline. Following the scripture, how, how we need to handle church discipline. And the Bible is very clear that if an elder is caught in sin, it needs to be made public to the whole church. So the next step was that the following Sunday, there was a video that went out from Andrew, the, the head, and they didn't name names on the video, but to those specific churches, those elders had to stand up and repent to the whole church their sin. And then the next step is uh, re, um, what's the word? restoration. So they organized for someone else to come into the church and lead the church for a time while they step back 
They're not excommunicated. They're not thrown out of the church. The whole church went around them. All the other church elders went around them in love and acceptance and saying, we want to see you restored. We want to walk with you. We want to... And they organized sessions with psychiatrists or whatever was necessary, counseling, the whole works, supporting them into health again. And last year at the, at the conference, one of these elders who have now been restored into his position came and he then talked to all 3,000 of us about this thing. See, his shame and his weakness became a strength that helped many others because the restoration process was correct. That happens in community. It happens when you say, I'm not better than you because you have sin and I don't. Because I think if we were to, like Jesus, say, let the one who has no sin throw the first stone. We gaan eerst If you're willing to submit yourself to a community, you will receive healing and restoration. Guaranteed. Ne? Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And then he says, keep watch over yourself, lest you be tempted, you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is, love one another as I have loved you. I give you a new commandment, Jesus said. We read in James 5, 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We can't be too shameful or too proud about our sins and our weaknesses because that is what the enemy wants. He wants to keep you there. But if we love one another enough, to say, I want to see you restored and I want you to help me. I will be healed. Community is where the will of God, or actually community is the will of God for us and it glorifies Him. Romans 5, uh, 15, 5 and 6 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Community glorifies God. It's in community that we best spread the gospel. We see this in Acts. The way they lived, the way they loved one another, the way they gave their lives to one another, inspired others to follow suit and to want the same. The problem is that it is only in Christ, only because of Christ, only because of the grace of God, that you receive the kind of love that you need to function in community. Because it's not going to be just makkelijk. We're going to have to love one another in spite of a lot of stuff. And therefore we, we need God's love. We need His love, agape love which has no affinity, 
which has no requirements, which doesn't, it's not based on a feeling or anything like that. It's based on a choice that I will love you. The last point. It's in community that we best manifest Christ and His body. God is community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In perfect relationship. In harmony like we just read in Romans. Perfect harmony. That is His glory. That is what He's about. His community. When God made Adam, everything was good. Everything was perfect, good in His sight. And then all of a sudden, He says, Oh goodness, there's something that's not good. It's not good that man should be alone. Because alone man cannot express God. How will the world know love if we do not love one another? Ne? So we're making it easy. We're giving you a small group of people to love. <laughs> but when that small group of people really love one another, that fire spreads. The logs that are next to the fire start catching fire as well. Other people will see the way you do light, will see the way you do community, and you don't even have to invite them to church. Many of the other churches, they have more people coming to their home groups and to communities than they do coming to church because the people are accepted and loved and experiences something that's different. And Acts says, because of that daily, God added to the church. So the point is, the body needs you, and you need the body. Community needs you, and you need community. Because every single one of us, doesn't matter how weak you think you are, or how strong you think you are. You can be a benefit to someone or to a group of people and a group of people will be a benefit to you. And if you're serious about your growth as a Christian, as you're serious about your growth as a believer, if you're serious about manifesting Christ and becoming like Him, the best place for you to be is in the middle of a community. Once again, this is not a nice to have. This is not something that we have because other churches have it. This is where God has put us right now. This is the next step. So we will be launching three community groups. And in those groups, we have sat till very late on Tuesday night. Rainy and Mike and Kevin and their wives will be community leaders for now. And we have very prayerfully gone through our whole database. Everyone that, is on, that has given us their names, everything that we have, everyone that's on the Facebook, on the WhatsApp list, we've gone through every name. And we have provisionally, in prayer and in thinking how the Holy Spirit wants to join people, we have given each of them names and you will receive an invitation from them to join the community. And it's an invitation. It's not a you have to come. It's not a yayas darni. You will just receive an invitation like a friend. Come to my place. If you feel that you don't want to be with them, 
then you can be with someone else. And we've also strategically, we believe through the Holy Spirit's guidance, already identified because this will grow very quickly. And we do not want communities to grow and then split them in half. We want to plant out of communities. So we won't have a community and then when it gets too big we will say, okay, your half goes there and your half goes there. But the moment we see that someone is ready, that someone is committed to the cause, that someone is committed to the process, that someone really understands and grasps, we wanna, we're going to challenge you. Say, don't you want to start a community? Don't you want to go and don't you want to start a new community? And that is the way how we believe this should grow. So I want to invite you. I just want to see. I'm curious. If you believe that you will, if you believe what I'm saying is true, and you feel that you know you need this, would you stand up? I'm joking. All right. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you are busy doing. And I ask, Lord, that you guide us and you keep guiding us and that you give us grace to be instruments through whom you build your church and your kingdom. I pray for every single one. I pray for Ryan and Mike and Kevin who will be leading communities, Lord. I pray for everyone that will be joined to them. I pray for every single person in this place that eventually they will be joined in heart and in submission and in commitment to one another so that your body can function, so that you can accomplish what you want to in this town. Because it's through the body, it's through community, it's through the plural, that you accomplish more, that we will accomplish more than what you have done, like you said. So we ask you for grace and favor and wisdom. Would you move us, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.